Welcome to Real Financial Planning, a podcast on WKL, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Matt Robeson. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Morton, the host of Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs, the Mike Morton Podcast, and also the proprietor of Morton Financial Advice. He's a personal financial planner, advisor. Mike, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I love how you do that in one breath. It's really great how you can just get all that out. You know what's weird is I can't hold my breath for a word I can't say on the air, on radio. I have terrible lung capacity, but for some reason on the air, I'm able to deliver your entire bio in one breath. I'm not sure what that says about me or about you, frankly. Mike, That's right. we were having a conversation offline. This, this was actually a return of a feature we've been doing recently, uh, listener questions, and reached out to a few regular listeners. And I said, so we've been on a run of episodes. We had a deep dive. That was really cool, kind of a masterclass type episode. And we wanted to go back to covering some more listener questions. What do you have on your mind? And we got like 50 questions. And so <laughs> you were sort of diving through them, trying to decide where do we go first. And uh, we found one that really appealed to me because I think this is super useful for dopes like me who are not financial planners and just maybe in in the course of listening to a podcast or a radio show like this, just want to make things a little bit easier in their financial planning. So here was the question. Here was the listener question. What apps or programs do you use to make your financial planning a little easier? And what do you advise that your clients use? So, Mike, I want to get to that question. First, let's just remind all our listeners, if you want to submit yeah, we now have a long list, so it's probably going to be a few weeks before we get to yours. But if you want to submit a listener question, what's the best way to do that? The best email is financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Cool. And you can also go on the Facebook page for Beyond Politics with Paul Hodes and Matt Robeson, which is the page for the show that we appear on WKXL. All right, Mike, what do you use? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. I use, of course, like many people, a variety of tools to try to have different viewpoints, depending on what I'm trying to accomplish. You put it in the realm of, you know, for finances, what apps do you use to govern your finances or get insights into your finances or budgeting or all those different items. So happy to talk through what I personally use and then also what I've seen my clients use and what's been successful. So I broke it down into a couple of categories, Matt, between budgeting, investments, and then logging into, you know, wherever your credit cards or banks are, of course, you're going to use those kind of portals as well. So do you want to start with the budget? Yeah, let's do budgeting first, because that that hits absolutely everybody. At some point, I think everyone listening to this has had to figure out, am I going to go broke this month? So very super basic thing to try to figure out. Yeah. So budgeting, what do you what do you do? Or what do you advise? Yeah. So I'll talk about a couple of different things. One, you don't have to have a budget. All right. Now that might sound like very bizarre coming from a financial advisor. <laughs> like you don't need a budget, but here's the way I always position it because many people hate tracking all their expenses and spending. It doesn't bring a lot of joy <laughs> to most people thinking, oh, do I really have to track my budget? And then you're just immediately conjuring. This just means I have to find places to spend less money. And I don't like spending less money. Yeah. I like spending money. So you don't have to have a budget. What you have to do is make sure you have the right amount of savings for now and for the future. So you need to look at your yearly, I would say that the start of the year, just look at your yearly income and come up with yearly expenses and savings off the top. So you want to target about that 15% to save for the future. The mathematics, I've gone in this other podcast, just the mathematics kind of work out if you have a regular career, if you're saving 15% throughout time. 
And so save that off the top in your 401ks, your IRAs, your 403bs, you automatically put these away or into a brokerage account. If you save off the top, then you can spend what's left over. Now, maybe you also need to save for a down payment for a home, or you need to save up your emergency savings. Okay, so figure out things not only for your retirement or for later, but if there's other things you need to save for, maybe a travel budget. You like to save ahead for your travel budget. Put together those one, two, three, four items you're saving for, make them automatic so you're saving off the top straight from your income. Then everything else left in your checking account, your everyday checking account, you can go ahead and spend that money because you've already saved for future. What I like about this is that this is a shortcut that sort of click above even, all right, what app do you use? That's it, It's sort of an inversion of the way I think most people are sort of forced to think about things, especially if you know there's a stat out there that gets very distorted that 80% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. And if you are in the mode where you are pretty tightly balanced between what's coming in and what's going out, then the mindset that you have to adopt is, all right, I'm going to pay the bills and then anything that's left over, I will save. But what you're saying is if you have the ability to get a little bit ahead of that game, maybe you've hit a phase of life where you're not in that mode as much and you can do a little bit of planning, then just flip the script. Just start with, I'm going to set this target for savings and I'm going to automate it so that it happens. And then I don't really need to worry about a budget. And that's the easiest hack for the whole process if it applies to you, if you're able to do that. I also think, you know, when you say if you're able to do that, I think everybody's able to do that. You have to do that. Even if you don't have enough to save, then you know that that's your awareness. Like, geez, I'm really living a paycheck to paycheck. There will be nothing at the bottom. But I would flip the script and say, what do you save first? And this applies to business as well, my own business. It's like that profit first mentality. I want to pay myself first, pay your future self first, pay yourself for your travel budget, your emergency savings, your future self, and save those things first. And you will find ways to make that happen. Because once it's gone and out of your bank account... Right. You can't spend it. So you will find a way to make that happen. And look, if you're in the situation that you really can't, start super small. Start with like just 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. Whatever you can do, start just a tiny bit and go from there. But definitely look at that first. What I like about that is that I always advise people, like young people who are considering doing a sport or an activity in college and they're like, I don't really have the time. It's like, actually, what you find <laughs> is that if you do something that you really have to commit to. It's a major time commitment, a major effort commitment. It actually focuses in the rest of your time because you're forced into that kind of discipline. And so what you do is you you make the commitment to, you know, let's say you're a rower or whatever, and then whatever's left over, that's the time you've got, and you're going to make it work for the rest of your schoolwork. All right, but to the extent that you do use a tool, let's say you you do want to dive in a little bit further. What do you use All right, so let's talk about budgeting apps. I use one that's called Banktivity, and this is for the Mac. And I ran across it quite a few years ago, and I really like it. And I've used it off and on. Right now, I'm not using it, but I have used it religiously for tracking all of my expenses. So every week, I would download, you know, it would hook to my accounts that I hooked it to. This is, again, called Banktivity. And they have a, it's for the Mac and the iPad and the iPhone. I think it's only Apple products, maybe. Got it. And, you know, every week it would hook to my accounts that I had set up, either my credit card, my checking account, pull down, you know, what those latest transactions were, and I would categorize them. So I'd spend my time categorizing every transaction. And what I liked about it is they do have a budgeting tool, but I used it more for reviewing my expenses 
monthly, quarterly, and definitely at the end of the year. So I could just aggregate all of my spending for the entire year and see all the categories. How much was I spending in each category? And really what it's useful, or I find it useful, this is looking backwards. I'm not setting a budget. I'll talk about some other tools where you set a budget. But this one, I'm looking backwards. Just what did I actually spend? It's not related to having a particular budget in mind. It's just really categorizing all my past expenses. What I like about that, and for my clients as well, is building awareness. Where are you spending your money? And how much money are you spending on those things? And I always recommend, don't get too granular with the categories. I did. I probably had 20 or 30, which is probably fine. But you could go smaller than that. You only want to have categories where you might make a change. So if you're thinking, well, my dining out, maybe I want to make a change there. So I want to track that. If you're thinking your coffee shops, uh, maybe, you know, I get the daily coffee. Should I make a change there? Well, then have a category, daily coffee. If you're not changing your kid's tuition, then you can bucket that with other kids' expenses. Like I'm going to buy my kids clothes and tuition and other stuff, then put it all under kids. You don't need to break it out so granular because you're not going to make a change on it anyway. Yeah. Okay. So just that's what I like about those budgeting. It's a budgeting tool, but again, I'm not using it per se as a budget, just for looking at past expenses and to build awareness. So I use the tool called Tivity. And it stood out to me in what you just said is it's useful under certain conditions, right? Because your first piece of advice still applies, which is, look, if you can, you know, focus on savings first, and then that step alone can take the place of detailed budgeting process, which who wants to get into all that? But I do think there's some value because I've done the same thing that you just described, which is I've done a backwards look, but with that really important caveat in mind of I really want to focus in on the things that can change. We've talked on this show before about the buddy tape principle, which is it's only worth doing something if it's going to change what you do in the future, right? Like it's only worth evaluating something if you're going to change behavior. And so for me, I've had that same thing. Am I going to really change our grocery store budget? Probably could. I probably could. Like we could spend a lot more time finding coupons. We could change the things we eat a little bit. But on the margin, we've decided that I don't think there's enough savings that we can find in that category to make a huge difference in our overall financial picture, we could make a much bigger difference if we said, you know what, we're going to really limit on on entertainment. We're going to really limit, we're going to have one streaming service. That would save us some significant money. So I could see the value in an approach like this if you really stick with the caveat of like, where are the areas that you can truly make a difference going forward? Yeah. And the other point I'll raise about building awareness is that you may find your spending isn't aligned with what's bringing you the most value. So in your example of groceries and entertainment, you could say, geez, maybe I can cut some spending there because I don't really care if I have rice or beans or like the greatest steak. It doesn't bother me. Whereas my entertainment, no no chance I'm cutting out those three services. I use all of them every night and I love it. I get to sit down with my partner and watch something and this is like perfect time. So there's very clear where you want to be spending your money. And that's the awareness piece. All right. Let me mention some other apps because they're really useful ones. Mint.com is a very popular one. I've used that in the past. You can track your past expenses, but you can also set a budget and then expenses get automatically categorized into that budget. So you can see like, oh, I'm going to spend 500 a month on groceries. 
And as you spend it, it's tracking against that 500. So towards the end of the month, you can see how close you are, if you're under or over on all the categories in terms of your budget. So that would really help you in making sure you stay within right. spending on different categories. Yeah, I've used Mint a little bit. As a matter of fact, I stopped using it, and I, it's like quitting the gym. I, they keep sending me emails, and I can't like – and I'm like, eh, I should keep <laughs> can't it. Actually you know? get out. Anyway, go on. Yeah, Mint. <laughs> You're still paying yeah, that I, six I like them. Um, yeah, well, that's a place I could economize so, if I did budgeting. There you go. <laughs> that's great. You should have a line yeah. item for that in your there's, uh, there's spreadsheet. There's 72 bucks a year that I could do without – that's right. So there's some other ones there. I've tried also one called YNAB. You need a budget. Y-N-A-B. YNAB. You need a budget. And what this is based off the whole idea of the envelope system. So the way the envelope system works is that when you get your paycheck, think of actual cash. So you get your paycheck and you take it to the bank and now you've got $1,000 of cash. You cash it in and you have $1,000 bills. Then you have eight or 10 different envelopes. You get the mortgage, you get the groceries, you get the clothing, and you put some dollars into each of those envelopes. So you put $50 in here, $150 in this other envelope, and $20 uh. in this envelope. And then as you go out, when you go out dining out, you take your dining out envelope and you use the money from that, okay? So in other words, you're taking your income and assigning every dollar a job. You're putting it into an envelope. It, this dollar's for the mortgage. This dollar's for dining out. This dollar's for my entertainment costs. And then when you have those, those bills, expenses, you take the money out of those envelopes. So it's pre-saving for all your expenses that's for your budget. And that's how YNAB works. You assign every dollar a job. It's all digital, sure. of course, okay? No actual envelopes. But you assign every dollar a job, and then as you take money out, it's automatically tracking all those budget categories. First of all, I can already see that this conversation is going to be a lot deeper and longer, and it gets into all these kinds of things. So I'm just going to tell our listeners, we were planning for this to be about a 20-minute conversation to go on the radio broadcast. I'm going to just go ahead and nix that, like LeBron calling his own number on a play. I'm going to say, we're going to turn this right now into a two-part episode. So we're going to keep going with this conversation. Second of all, I love the idea of stuffing money into envelopes. It reminds me of uh, everyone attending my bar mitzvah. And third of all, I do think... How big were those envelopes at your bar mitzvah? They were really there? small. My bar mitzvah was, you know what? It was what we could do. It was what we could do. It was very nice. For some reason, all of my friends had heard about a tradition of throwing candy as soon as you finish, you know, giving your bar mitzvah speech. Um, you know, throwing right. like hard candies, like little hard candies um, at the, the speech giver, like at their head. And apparently this is a tradition that only applied at my bar mitzvah. I don't know. It was weird. Anyway, the point is we're way off track here. One of the interesting things about YNAB is that it does kind of connect to what we were saying a moment ago, which is, look, if you're in a position where you can set savings first, great. If you're in a tight budget situation, let's say you're earlier in your career, you're a little bit younger, it's not this app particularly good for you if you want to impose a little bit of that discipline on yourself and you have very specific, like, look, it's not like you want to, like, sit in the dark, you know, doing absolutely nothing. Like, you have a little bit of money to spend, but you, you just got to keep pretty tight control over it. And th this seems like a good system for that. Well, I found it's interesting. This one in particular actually resonates with some people and, and other people totally don't understand it. So I always recommend, like, check out the website, try it out. Because for the people it resonates with, they just love it. I know people that make quite a bit of money. Oh. that still use YNAB just because they want to keep track. It's so nice to be able to keep track. Where am I spending my money? I said I only wanted to spend this amount on these categories. So I only put those dollars in and when they're, they're gone for that month or whatever it is. So it's a really unique yeah. tool. 
in this space. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah. the Weight Watchers of budgeting, right? It's like you owe many points, you know, to use up on various things. Use it, done, right. and uh, if it works for you, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, and, and there were a couple others I think you wanted to throw out from clients, right? Yeah, so on the budgeting, just to round out the budgeting category here, which you can probably do. Some other ones I've heard of, but I don't have firsthand experience, is Simplify. And that ends in an I. So simplify with right. an I at the end. Of course, it is the internet. It's spell things yeah. differently. And then Truebill, which does not have an E, I believe. T-R-U-B-I-L-L. You, you should Truebill. only spell things um, the way that they're spelled in modern life if you want people to be able to find them. If you want to stay mysterious, you know, <laughs> yeah. call it whatever. Like, it's, it's spelled with a Z. Um, That's right. With four Z's. So those two are, I've heard really good things about because a lot of people, Mint turns them off. Oh, I tried Mint because that one's been around for a long time. People have tried it and so they've kind of moved on to something else. Um, So those are a couple other ones to check out. Truebill, I think is pitched as kind of a a bill payment system or really keeping track of bills, but I've heard it's really great for budgeting as well and very simple and easy to use. I've heard good things about both of those tools. You know, and before we, um, we're going to have to wrap up for our radio listeners in, in just a moment, but before we do, is that another thing that you advise your clients to automate as many bill payments as possible through their bank so that, you know, you kind of have the spending side as preset as possible? Yeah, I don't get into too much the bills per se, because most of those are going, you know, you when you set up these recurring things, whether an entertainment bill or something like that, it's always just coming on your credit card, right? Like you just put in your credit card number and it goes there. What I do recommend though, and this is what you're getting at, is any of your mm. credit cards. When you set up credit cards or you have credit cards, make sure you have the auto pay feature turned on. Pay your credit card off every single month using an auto pay feature to pay off the entire balance. And if you're not there yet, if you can't do that, focus on that first. Always get your credit card debt down first. The interest is super high. You're just building more debt. There's tons and tons of tools, how to work on that. So if you find yourself in that situation, but for everyone else, just make sure auto pay is on. You don't want to miss a payment because that's easily 10, 20, 50 bucks that you're just paying an interest just for missing, you know, that that day of the month. All right, we're going to break here for radio listeners, and we're going to be right back in just a minute with Mike Morton, or even next week if you're listening to next (laughs) week's episode. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.